I, I think it's hard to be a true and genuine Christian. The Bible tells us we're to be bold as lions. And that's a verse a lot of churches like to forget because being bold in today's day and age isn't what you would expect. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize seize the the faith. faith. Welcome to episode 127 of the Carpe Fide podcast. How you doing, Jess? I'm doing great, but it's actually episode 128. But why did you put it as... I'm just kidding. It's 127. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> I'm like Rod Burgundy. I, I read off the prompter. I can't, I can't not read off the prompter. All right. Well, you did a good job. Oh, man. Well... We are uh, we are sorry that we took one week off there. We've uh, we've been really consistent with our Christian with our education is warfare series. <laughs> with sorry, <our> Christian podcast <laughs> with, our, <laughs> with our education is warfare series, and uh, we 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 were uh, super slammed busy. Jesse was uh, on a trip uh, with his wife and another member that led leads worship at our church, and they were at the Sing conference. Oh, it was good. It was uh, they they were encouraged. Many thoughts. Of, a lot of tools uh, to continue uh, leading the church effectively in worship. Many songs. Yes. So Jesse uh, went with his wife and then me and my wife and then also my dad and mom uh, watched his 7,000 kids. So that yes. was... <laughs> so and awesome. returned them all safely. They were all I living. Might, I might say. They were all alive. I'm told that that's good enough. Now, uh, ironically, we were going to end our Education as Warfare series, but technically, I suppose Providence has worked it out that we can continue it for one more week. Indeed, Providence has. So we are we are going to keep the, the uh, Education's Warfare series for one more week because we have a very special guest with us one tonight. One more week. A very special guest hailing from the Great White North. Now, this uh, this person, if you were to see him, you wouldn't think it, but he has been through he has been through uh, mob attacks. He has been through uh, slandering. He has been canceled. He has been. Definitely othered, it's if you been will. Been in court more than I have. That's way, for sure. way more than either of us together have. Uh, and you look at him, you'd be like, "Really? I don't really." But he has. This is Josh Alexander. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Not bad. Yourself? Thanks for having me on. Oh man, it's it is our pleasure to have you on. We have uh, we've been looking forward to this since um, we were speaking with Andrew DiBartolo back in uh, April. I guess we had started the talking with him. Stallion. We were talking with him in April. I think it's the last time we had him on. Didn't I we? don't know. You don't when remember it was. dates. You don't remember. It was uh, that in the was, past. That was right when a lot of stuff was happening, uh, kind of with you and in your circumstances. So, given that you know you're, well, you're you may not be there at this exact moment, but you're from Canada. And a lot of this stuff took place in Canada. But I mean, I don't want to say that exclusively. I hear you are also, you know, a dual citizenship holder. Is that right? So while, Correct. Yeah. I'm- Proud American as that, well. That's right. I was going to say, let's, uh, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Here's a true test. Here's a true <laughs> test. Do you still put unnecessary U's in words like favorite and color? No, I've actually received an immense amount of complaints on my Twitter page <laughs> because I refuse to add the U. Yes. Just as a, as a big piece of descent to the crown. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like uh, you, you, I know it's like uh, it's like giving the crown the middle finger in Minecraft. I understand what you're saying. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like, that in is Minecraft. Cool. It's hypothetical. That it's not real. Quickly, I understand what you're saying. No, um, Noah Webster was a great man, and he knew that we didn't need those U's, and so he took them right out. That's right. Great man of God. <laughs> yes, he he gave us the English language, like the one that won the war, not the one that lost it. Anyway, let's either here nor there, Josh. <laughs> Can you enlighten, maybe give us a background, maybe you could probably, I mean, it's been a full year 
I guess, since last September. But give us like the rundown. Why would we be speaking to you now? So give give give, the, give your story for our listeners that, that have not heard the name Josh Alexander, but now we'll never forget it. Sure. So <laughs> I guess, uh, well, just a little bit of background. I'm 17 years old from Canada, like you said. Uh, I was homeschooled up until grade seven. Um, I'm, I'm a born-again Christian. Um, anyways, I, I ended up uh, entering the public education system um, in uh, grade seven. And uh, it wasn't long then before the COVID mandates and the restrictions and everything started showing up. Um, and uh, I didn't uh, take too kindly to that. Um, Amen. I was a student organizer of the uh, the student walkouts against mandates, um, and I was helping out the Freedom Convoy. And uh, yeah, we just we just had a lot of uh, just anarchy in schools um, with teachers shouting at students and uh, um, just total disregard for the code of conduct and uh, our Charter of Rights and Freedoms and. Uh, we, we uh, took action um, and organized protests all across the country um, throughout the high schools. And then uh, the Freedom Convoy came along. Uh, we helped uh, supply fuel to that. And we, uh, we, we fought hard to end the restrictions. But uh, anyways, I ended up getting kicked out of school for <laughs> several, uh, several weeks. Um, I was about uh, spent, suspended about four times each month. Um, oh, geez. And uh, so... I, I did finish up my year. The mandates came to an end. Um, we considered ourselves victorious, um, but uh, I left. I left the public education system just because my education had completely plummeted. Um, my my reputation amongst the staff and the teachers um, was very poor, just because they uh, they all supported the um, the mandates and the madness, and uh, I was very clearly opposed to that. So I decided to switch to the Catholic board. Um, and uh, being a born-again Christian, I felt that maybe the Catholic board might hold a little more respect for my beliefs. Um, evidently, I was wrong. <laughs> I, uh, I found myself um, in quite a bit of hot water there after some female students approached me. Um, and they complained about the, the males using female washrooms and whatnot. Um, and as they should be, they were quite concerned about this. I so, think you mean bigoted. Uh, yeah, they were very bigoted about that. Yeah, how dare they? How dare they be afraid? No, yeah, I'm just right. <laughs> Bigots. <laughs> Anyways, I uh, I took this to the principal and uh, I spoke with the, uh, the the girls, the principal, the faculty, anybody I could, and uh, we were very respectful about it. Um, it was all in the format of just face to face discussion in the office. There were not um but anyways word gets around in a small town and uh it got to the point where at school one day i had like 30 students in my math class um shouting me down um the teacher was shouting at me saying there's as many genders as there want he told me that the bible was all hypothetical um wait a second wait a second this is the catholic math teacher catholic math teacher correct Man, I didn't know math was such well, we, a social we, hotbed for... We knew they messed with the Bible, oh, well, but we didn't know that much. I, 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 uh. <laughs> two plus two equals whatever the party says it does. <laughs> <So>. Exactly. 
All right, so you're getting shot. Right. They hit those. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So you're getting shouted down in math class, and the teacher's joining in. <laughs> yeah. So, well, well, he actually started it. This was mainly going on between me and him, but then the class would the class would listen in, and they were kind of like his his fangirls, and uh, they they'd start shouting at me whenever I said something that really uh, ticked them off. So, anyways, I uh, I continued arguing and. The, the Bible verse that really got me in trouble is when I quoted Mark 10, 6 and said, God created the male and female. Um, mm. I was sent to the office uh, for quoting this, um, and it was considered bullying because there was apparently students who I didn't even know until this moment um, identified differently. And by me saying that God created the male and female, I was bullying them and I was targeting them. And... Uh, that they felt uncomfortable in my presence and I was to be removed from the classroom for um, an indefinite amount of time. I was placed under investigation for expulsion. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> there's could... this whole, there's this whole disciplinary measure to the school regarding me quoting scripture. Um, and and a just simply it's a Catholic didn't... school. So you, you, you should have seen that coming. How you can't just, yeah, I should have, right. You can't just no, say maybe, it, maybe if you had said, and Mary said, that they that oh, God made them male and female. You know Maybe what? they would have listened more. You should have tried that. Yeah. One. <laughs> no, I, I I should have I should have been flicking beads while I said it. Yeah. And then I probably wouldn't be here in the first place. But so, anyways, there's a question. I, uh, Ready? Here's the question: How can you target? How can you target something if you don't know it's there? Right? Like, how could you target these students that you didn't even know existed? Well, I, I, I've, I'm still wondering that. I've asked the board that very same question, um, but uh, they're they're pretty uh, sure that I was bullying those students with mm. the teacher watching, with all those students watching. Mm. The only allegations they can find after what's now been ten months is that I said God created the male and female, which was quoting scripture. They said uh, that it was. Uh, inappropriate of me to say that male breastfeeding is pedophilia and this i said this in response to two teachers um defending it and saying that it was normal um so that those are two of the allegations against me and then i just learned uh just this past week that they're also concerned that i posted jason aldean's try that in a small town um, <laughs> and course. that i might i might not comply with mask mandates in the future so <laughs> I, I'm sure that the long list of suspensions didn't turn them on to that fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got that wrong. It's not that you might not comply with mask mandates. <laughs> well, I told them. And uh, I mean, this is my honest belief on it. I said, I believe in authority. I respect authority. It's a biblical principle. But I also um, believe in honesty. And if you're if you're asking me, whether I will comply with a, another global lie, as we saw the last couple of years, the answer is absolutely not. I didn't the first time, and I won't again. And uh, that's where that was left off. Um, but yeah, th those are the crimes that my board is holding against me. And uh, anyways, I ended up organizing a protest um, outside the school. I was under suspension. Any kids that had been planning to join my protest were told in my absence that 
they if they joined me on the street for the protest, they would have their transportation revoked. Um, it would ruin their reputations. And uh, some of them were apparently even told that they uh, wouldn't be allowed to um, continue playing on their sports teams if they were seen with me. So they were going to um, take away their do... bus privilege. They couldn't ride the bus. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have a ride home if they joined me. That's what the board told me. Well, that's a bad look. Have they not heard of Rosa Parks? Like, you can't just take people's. You can't just take people's rights to sit on buses away. Like, that's no, ridiculous. These guys weren't even. No, these students, if they were seen with me, they weren't even allowed on the back of the bus. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah, I this guess is that's the real true. deal. <laughs> no <Yeah>. bus. Mm. <sighs> no, they. They would have been watching Rosa Parks drive away. Oh, oh man. man. Seriously, that is crazy to think about. And we thought Canadians were such nice people. Yeah, what is up with that? They sound like real bullies. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, no, these students <laughs> completely had their rights revoked if they were to um, join me in protest to what was obviously quite a perverted agenda happening at the school. Um, so anyways... What was going to be approximately 100 students ended up only being uh, about 15. And uh, I ended up having um, probably getting close to 200 counter-protesters out at the school in opposition to me. Um, there were people from the, uh, the CPAC union. Um, there were several unions present there. Um, there were buses from people from Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, all the, the major cities. And uh, there's there was a lot of money put into this counter protest against me. Um, but anyways, that all went down. Um, a lot of media caught on to that. And uh, I got in contact with Liberty Coalition Canada, um, who I'm still working with to this day. Um, and uh, their lawyer, James Kitchen, started helping me out. And uh, I, I ended up withdrawing from parental control. Um, and... Uh, the, the, the school board still refused to allow me back. They uh, conducted their investigation, decided that I hadn't done anything worthy of expulsion, but that uh, the, the suspension still stood. It would go on my student record, and I would be allowed to return to class if I abided by several conditions that they gave me. Um, a few There were certain names um, they gave me. They told me that I had to stay away from these students, and if I so much as said hello to them, um, that I would be kicked out again. Uh, these were names of students who I had apparently bullied. Um, and it was it was in that meeting that I learned who those students were. I didn't even know what their names were um, huh. when they uh, when they spoke to me. Um, anyways, I, I uh, ended up uh, debating with the principal a little bit about my right to freedom of expression and freedom of speech um, to ask me to completely end all contact with uh, people that are in my classes was pretty ridiculous. Um, and I said, that's like, I'm not going to, I've never tried to pick a fight with these people. As you've seen, I clearly don't even know who they, uh, who they are, but I'm not going to take a vow um, to not speak to any of them. And then the other condition they wanted me to abide by was that I would not attend my math class or my religion class again. Huh. Um, they were going to put me in a separate room on my own um, because I was too controversial for math class. Wow. Um, so they, uh, That's a tough I, trigonometry I didn't class. Abide by those. Sorry? That's a tough trigonometry class right there. I mean, gee, yeah, it is. No kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I obviously didn't uh, abide by those conditions. 
Um, I told the board, no, I'm going to attend school tomorrow. Um, and, uh, I mean, do what you want, I suppose. I'm going to attend class. You've already decided in your investigation that I haven't done anything worthy of being kicked out. So um, that's what I did. I attended class. The school responded by giving me exclusion order. I was followed around the entire day by the vice principal telling me to leave. The principal who hid behind a wall as I exited class jumped out and told me that I need to leave the building immediately. Um, and I was no longer welcome on the property. Anyways, there was a bunch of childish behavior from the faculty that day, but uh, I finished up. I went to all the classes I was banned from. And uh, I went home that day to find out that I had been given a trespassing order as well as a uh, another suspension for attending class. So I waited that out. Um, that took me right to the end of my semester. Um, they failed me in four classes that I wasn't present for. Um, and then uh, after that, um, they still refused to allow me to attend. They said that they felt my pres presence in the building would be detrimental to the physical and mental well-being of the pupils. Um, that was their quote from the letter they sent me. And uh, they said that I was to be excluded from school for the remainder of the year and possibly more. Um, so in response to that, I talked to my lawyer, I talked to my family, um, I talked with students, and I said that this, this exclusion order is completely unlawful. I've done nothing wrong. My case here is setting precedent for all sorts of other students, um, and I feel it'd be wrong for me not to attend uh, school and to comply with this unlawful order. By complying with it, I felt I'd be condoning it. Um, and uh, that's something I wasn't okay with doing, especially after all the the, the madness from the Freedom Convoy and the mm, student walkouts yep. and all this stuff. We learned something about non-compliance through that, correct? Yeah. And uh, honk honk. So <laughs> I, uh, I I went back. Um, I attended class, um, and uh, anyways, they they dismissed the class um, that I was in because they didn't want any witnesses to see what was about to happen. Huh. Um, so when they dismissed it, I got up, packed my bags and left with the rest of the class. So then they brought class back and everybody walked back into the doorway <laughs> and I walked with them and they, this went back and forth <laughs> and they, I just kept following the instructions they were given the class. Right. Um, until finally they, like they dismissed these students for good and they all just left. And I, I mean, I could have continued, but I just said to the principal, um, or to the vice principal at the time, I said, uh, look, if you want to meet with me, I'm happy to meet with you. I'm happy to discuss whatever it is that's got you so riled up. Um, just give me a second. I'll get my lawyer on the line and we can go talk. So that's what we did. I went to the office. My lawyer got on the line. And uh, anyways, the principal stands in front of the exit of the office and he tells me that there's some people on the way to see me. Um, and I asked uh, who these people were to which he wouldn't respond. Um, he kind of just looked at the floor and, you know, and just dragged his shoes around. And uh, so we waited there. It was a little bit awkward, but um, <laughs> uh, anyways, we waited. And sure enough, some Ontario provincial police officers walked in. Um, they told me that uh, if I didn't leave immediately, I'd be arrested um, for trespassing, um, to which I responded. Uh, my trespassing order had been lifted. Um, the, that had ended back, uh, earlier in the, uh, in the year. 
and uh, I had every right to be at school. Um, I, I explained the situation to them about how the school um, no longer wanted me present because of the religious beliefs I had expressed. And uh, I told them, should you choose to arrest me, I won't resist, but uh, I'm not going to leave the school upon a request, um, an unlawful request. So that's what they did. They read me my rights. They arrested me. And uh, the rights they yeah, can take was... away at any given moment. <laughs> Not much of a right. <laughs> the rights that they can take away at any given moment. <laughs> yeah, the privileges, I should have said. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, yes. Uh, yeah, anyways, they uh, they arrested me. Um, and that that really blew up in the news. I put out a tweet. I was actually sitting in a Wendy's um, after my arrest. And uh, so several students, including the ver the principal's son, walked into the Wendy's on their lunch break, um, and they all they all don't know what's happened. They've just seen me leave the school in the back of a cruiser. They've all seen me get arrested, and they leave cl class. They go for lunch break, and I'm sitting in the Wendy's. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> That I'm sure that was awkward for them, but uh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I continued. Um, I was I was in a meeting with several of my uh, several um, affiliates of the organization and whatnot. And uh, anyways, we uh, I put out a tweet, and while we were sitting there, it just blew up, and it was it was at a, like a million views by the end of the day. Mm. Um, on an account that had 17 followers so um, yeah that was that was uh, that was certainly interesting and then by the end of the day I had Tucker Carlson asking to me uh, to do an exclusive interview with me and uh, Fox and Friends all sorts of shows there were some really big shows that uh, got lost in the in the swarm of messages I got um, but uh, anyways I did this whole media wave um, and uh, the uh, the school still refused to allow me back. They refused to address the issue. Um, the, I went to court with them. They refused to allow me to appeal any of the suspensions, appeal any of the exclusions, um, appeal the trespassing notice, all of it. They just said that uh, I had missed the deadlines. Um, and uh, that was that. Um, until just like two weeks ago, I just won in court um, against the school. And they're now forced to hear uh, my appeals and hear my case and it'll go before the board trustees and whatnot. Um, but yeah, after that, uh, after that arrest, um, other than the litigation going on with the schools, I was more so just focused on, uh, spreading the word more to other young people and hitting other schools with our message. And, uh, that's what we did. In fact, a day after, um, the arrest of the school, I was outside of a Dre Queen story time um with my crew from safe canada and uh we were uh street preaching we were giving the gospel outside of it um as a form of protest um anyways we got attacked by about 200 people oh and, nice uh, they were yeah they were trying to break our equipment they were pushing us up against the wall and hitting us and yeah it was it was something but uh <laughs> i i've uh, it, it was it was new to me at the time but I, i've come to gotten used to it recently but uh, anyways, the police ran in there. They they broke up the crowd. They dragged us out and they threw us into the street. Um, they then arrested my brother for being on the street. And then huh. two minutes later, they told me that if I didn't stop using the megaphone to give the gospel, I'd be arrested as well. Um, so I continued. 
Um, they arrested me. They gave me some charges. Um, and then uh, they, they, they've since had to apologize for all that and say it was a misunderstanding. Um, and they accidentally placed me under arrest and gave me charges. But wow. whoopsie. Not, yeah, whoopsie day. Oh, so you were one of the two guys getting attacked. Kid. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> not, not only did they accidentally charge me, they also accidentally put me in the cruiser in cuffs for two hours till my hands were blue oh, and geez. then drove me out and dropped me off on the side of the road. Like oh, just wow. with no contact, um, didn't contact my family, nothing. Drop me off on the side of the road. And well, salute. Well, oh thank God it was the side of the road and not in the road, because if it was in the road, they would have charged you again. And that would have just yeah, been a whole nother fiasco. That wouldn't have been good. <laughs> Jeez Louise. But uh, yeah, we, we took that. Um, that again got another media wave. And uh, we just we just got more bold with our messaging. We, we took it to schools across the country and we had hundreds of students coming out of schools to meet us and we were giving them free Bibles that churches donated to us. We were giving them the gospel. And I mean, a lot of people have asked why we do that. Um, when, uh, I was simply kicked out of school for, um, quoting scripture in opposition to the gender ideology. And, uh, my answer is fairly simple. The, the education system, the modern education system, whether it's in Canada or in the States or anywhere, really um it's quite corrupt and they're they're teaching a lot of uh falsehood and uh a lot of it has a lot of bad intentions um and they're they're creating a bunch of slaves to a broken system um and uh so my my response is <laughs> they're being taught a lie all day um and we're just here to give them the truth mm. one day out of the year um you wouldn't think that would be too much of a and ask but uh we, we found ourselves arrested again since then and there's there's been some legal issues with that uh but all in all it was it's it, it's been it's been a uh, great journey we've got to re reach so many kids with the gospel um and had so many like countless conversations with just hundreds of students hmm. um everywhere and uh so yeah i certainly don't plan to stop that um we also did an event uh, on june 9th with the uh, with Chris Elston, Billboard Chris, who you might know. Yep. Um, anyways, we did a march together um, outside of two Ottawa or three Ottawa schools, um, which really changed uh, the the uh, the atmosphere here in Canada. Um, it was met with a large counter protest, um, but usually usually when I hold an event, I'm outnumbered. Um, by a long shot, but here it was the first time we held an event that was actual equal numbers. And uh, this was right near the end of the school year. Um, we had Muslims, Jews, and Christians all together in the streets united against the, the indoctrination that's happening within the school boards. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that, that really changed the, the way politics have viewed it and uh, the media and how they've reported on everything. Um, so we're going to be doing another one of those actually on, uh, September, uh, 22nd, um, in Toronto at to a Catholic school and, uh, a public school. So yeah, that's, that's mainly what we're up to. Um, we're just trying to get the message out. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of parents don't recognize, nor do they care, um, what's happening to their children in the education system. And there's a lot of kids being harmed, uh, uh, who who we've been able to help and uh, support and encourage along the way. Wow. 
What a story. <laughs> and that concludes this episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are questions. So, wait. I, what? Can I yeah, go I back for one second? Well, you go right ahead. Way, way, way back in time. Um, so, my question is, um, what we know of the majority of the Canadian populace um, is that they, uh, from from speaking to the pastors and from speaking to to all of these people, is that so many Canadians roll over on so many issues, and I would say the same is true of uh, of Americans um, on specific issues as well. How does how does a seventeen year old, or even prior to that, have have the courage to stand up for these things. So wh- where did that courage come from? Because it, it's, it's, um, it, it, I'm sure it has spiritual ties to it, but, but was, what was it the way that you were raised? Was it something you were convinced from, from scripture? Like where does the boldness to say, no, I'm just going to go back to school. I'll follow these kids out. I'll follow these kids in and you know, sure. I'll meet with the principal and my lawyer. Like, like where does that courage come from? Like where did you get it start? Well, yeah, I, I'd say there, there's multiple elements uh, to that. Um, mainly, first and foremost, um, I have an all-powerful God behind me. That's my that's my biggest motivation. I know yeah, I'm man. doing what's right, mm-hmm. and uh, so it, it, it I'm not to fear man. So that's what I um, aim to not do. And uh, but uh, other than that, I would say that my my upbringing was a big part of it. Um, I was, I was raised as every young man should be, um, to protect the innocent, protect the vulnerable, stand up for what's right, have values, have a moral grounding. Um, and that's something that's missing in our culture. Hmm. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think it's sad that my story made the news, um, not because of how bad the story is and just how corrupt the Catholic school board is. I think it's sad that I was the only one. The only reason it made the news is because it was one of a kind and it shouldn't have been. Um, we should have had every parent of a child in that board. We should have had every young man in that board speaking up, um, but they didn't. Um, there, there, there's nothing special about me. Um, it's just that I have something that most apparently do not have, and that's, that is the, the will to be a traditional young man and protect and provide mm. um, and fulfill my duty. Um, but the, the, those values aren't something that are found in the uh, in today's society, in the education system, amongst parents. It just it doesn't exist. Um, we have we have a society, a, a an entire generation here of neutered men um, and uh, and masculine women, and it's it's completely destroyed um, what a what used to be a great country. Whether you're talking about here in Canada or in the states. Um, as a citizen of both, it breaks my heart to see what's happened. Um, we've turned our backs on God. We've, we've, uh, strayed from his natural order. And like I said, we have women trying to be men and men taking the role of women. And, uh, it's, it's sad. It's pathetic. But, uh, just seeing that in my society and seeing all the kids that are addicted to video games and social media and pornography and all this, this programming that's put in front of them, um, I don't want a part of that. I, I, I'd rather I'd rather take a stand um, on something that's right and have some purpose in my life rather than um, just 
buckling and uh, complying with all the the measures thrown our way and the um, devices sent by the the devil. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I my my mind immediately went to uh, your connection connection to the lies that the students are being taught all the time and using the specific term that they're enslaved, right? They're, they're, they're enslaved to those lies and you just wanted them to have access to the truth. And that's the, that you, you sum it up perfectly right like that. That is, that is exactly what's happened. Um, the teachers just like, (laughs) just like your prime minister, they've all been, um, just immersed in the world of, I was going to say blackface. (laughs) <laughs> not blackface. <laughs> God, you mean you mean Prime Minister blackface? Uh, yes. Prime yes. <clears throat> he did that a couple. Yeah, times. we can say that. Yeah, I don't even know if you can count how many times. <laughs> Either here or there. Stop getting me distracted. Um, they both just in, been indoctrinated with uh, <clears throat> with cultural Marxism uh, on on the level that that you know the cultural Marxists intended that the Frankfurt School intended that that Antonio Gramsci intended. This is exactly what they wanted to happen have happen. Um, and you're right. The truth is the only thing that brings freedom. Truth is what sets free. The truth of God, the truth of Christ is what they need. So that that is phenomenal. I um, I feel like you almost have answered so many of the questions that we wanted to ask. Uh, it's very encouraging. Um, Which just gives credit to you as someone who knows your story and us <laughs> to not having great, uh, you know, terribly uh, <laughs> deep questions. Do you think this is a... This maybe is a just a tangent of where we've been, but do you feel like you having stepped up during what was obviously an overreach during COVID? Do you feel like you stepping up and learning some tools for organizing and demonstrating during that time was uh, something that uh, just gave you maybe confidence in moving into the space now of what is definitely an even more deep cultural battle battle of the gender ideology. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, and obviously it gave those young ladies from the school a reason to, to ask me to say something, right. They knew who I was. I had a bit of a reputation um, after all that. And uh, yeah, it, it certainly prepared me. I mean, it really wakes you up. Um, a lot of people don't know what really happened in Canada during all that. And uh, as passive as Canadians are, they really did stand up. The The small small percentage of us that did stand up stood up more than anybody else in the world. And we all we all faced the same uh, measures. Um, and it was it was a, a time for about three weeks in Canadian history where you could genuinely say that you were proud to be a Canadian um, when uh, when we had like 50,000 trucks roll into the downtown core of the capital, gridlocked it for three weeks, kept everything totally peaceful the entire time. Um, and uh, there was that one Nazi, though, that showed up, though. <laughs> that one Nazi guy. Yeah. He was a plant. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> we, 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 we are very Government aware. agent with a swastika walks in with a bunch of photographers following him gets told off multiple times, gets his one shot at the Chateau Laurier. The photo was taken from a spot that was banned from media. The police had it blocked off the entire time, but somehow this photographer got in there, took the shot, and then the swastika uh, guy was never seen 
for the rest of the three weeks. That's he not was suspicious. there once for half an hour. That's not suspicious. Not suspicious he was at all. Definitely a real Nazi. All right. <laughs> we, we all were apparently. Yes. yes absolutely. Um, were. But, <laughs> but regardless, you you go to an event like that, especially at the age I did, mm. um, and it, it got to the point where they said that anybody under eighteen, it was illegal to be um, at that convoy. Um, and uh, they just like locking kids up there. What's going on? Sorry, I said they just like locking kids up up there. <laughs> yeah, they love it. It's weird. But, uh, I I told um, I told a bunch of the kids in my school. I said um, it's now illegal for us to um, to exercise our right to peaceful assembly, um, our right to protest. The government has made it illegal, and uh, they've also made it illegal to support the freedom convoy by supplying gasoline or diesel to the trucks and uh i'm going in and uh, is anybody coming with me and we got a bunch of uh a bunch of students not many but there were still enough that were um brave enough to join us and uh that that kind of experience changes you where you're running past uh just patrols of police and uh i mean to be fair Half of the the footage you'd see where the police were dumping out gasoline or stealing stuff and arresting people for carrying it, um, that was they would do that in front of the mainstream cameras. There's other times where they just look the other way. Mm. Um, but uh, being involved in something like that and then seeing how it ended with all the beatings and the the rubber bullets and the LRADs and the tear gas and all that. Um, horses can't forget they, the horses. Yeah, the horses too. Um, I know uh, the the, the uh, elderly lady that was trampled uh, mm. quite well after that. Um, and uh, yeah, once you have those personal relationships and see what your government will do, um, it it, uh, it changes you. Um, watching the police services that you used to defend. I mean, I got called a racist for wearing a back the blue shirt during all the BLM riots. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I, I defended the law enforcement and the police. And then I saw them pulling middle-aged women out from a, a line of peaceful protesters beside me and beating them in the street, mm. punching me. And, uh, like, yeah, it was, it, it, it changes you going into that and then returning to normal lifestyle, like nothing ever happened mm. and everybody's just forgotten. Um, and it only affects the, the small amount of people that were there. I mean, right now in Ottawa, we have, uh, Tamara Litch and Chris Barber, um, in trial right now. Um, there's also a pastor, Pastor Arthur Belowski, um, who's who's uh, been uh, found guilty of uh, giving a, a gospel message at a uh, camp full of truckers from the Freedom Convoy. Um, so these these people are still being prosecuted. Um, the effects of it are not over, but uh, being in something like that, seeing the corruption, but also being able to see the unity, how organizations work together, um, how you can effectively actually gridlock a, a city peacefully um and uh how, how to negotiate and uh and work together um with with civil disobedience it, it does prepare you it does train you and it, it certainly changes your outlook on things yeah that makes it makes perfect sense i mean i i know even just from watching these events from afar it's affected us oh yeah 100%. i mean we were about to rent a truck i don't i don't even know where we we're going to get it and drive over to the Ambassador Bridge and be like, Pastor Aaron Rock, what's going on, man? But um, 
Yeah, then they. Y'all know Aaron Rock. Yeah, we've had him on the podcast. We yeah, we we sipped awesome. eggnog with Aaron Rock. Yeah, he got he got to have some. Uh, yeah, he did some ancient uh, Gruber family recipe eggnog when we went up to uh, to Canada. Uh, the Church at War conference. Yeah, about seven months, six months ago. I don't know when it was. You, you don't oh, know. the Church oh, at War at uh, Trinity Bible Chapel. Yeah, yeah, we were there, man. I, I didn't make it to that one, but I've heard a lot about it. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I I can't imagine being there. Um, and what what the level of impact was? That's that's a, a wonderful connection there. I mean, I'm sorry you had to go through all of that, but yeah, I won't embarrass our hosts. But we had some of the best hosts in the world. They were they were so kind. Truly amazing. <laughs> Anytime I get a chance to mention that, I I like to. Um, I mean, the tyranny in Canada is is a, is a little little awful. iffy, but the hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> from fellow believers in Canada is like off the chain. Yes, it is. I mean, like, it, it surpasses the amount of tyranny from the government. <laughs> All right, back to ask you a question. So, sorry. Do you? We're like, pretty polite. You know what? And we're glad. We're, we're thankful for that. We've, we've enjoyed all of our interviews because there have been times when we've taken some pot shots at Canadians, and uh, they're just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah." <laughs> it's just like it didn't even it didn't even land. Well, most of the Canadians we talk to are very ashamed of the way things are going. So, <laughs> so that's true. Oh, hey, Jesse. How you doing? Pretty good there, bud. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I was curious. Do you have any plans this September? Yes. Oh, you do? I have big plans. Bigger than me plans. Oh, my gosh. Do you think we should invite everybody to our plans for September? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> we would love to invite you to join us. That's right. Carpe Fide is going to the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, September 21st to 23rd. Yep. You should come hang out. See us. Get a picture. Get a photo. Grab a shirt. It will be the best coverage. Plus, you'll get to hear awesome speakers. Awesome speakers like Josh Bice, Vody Balkum, Steve Lawson, James White, James Coates, Jimmy C. And I hear Aaron's going to be there as well. Yeah, but she only teaches ladies. You can't hear him if you're a man. So. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> That's fine. Tom Buck, we'll Richard Walker, Daryl Henderson, Ken Ham. So many people are going to be there. We would love for you to join us. And you're Ken like, Ham's going to be there? Yeah. You're like, hey, that's too much money. Oh, no, it's not, because you can use the code G3CF, like Carpe Fide, G3CF for 30% off Slap of your registration. 30% right off the G3CF, 30% off your registration. Do that. Go to the website, g3min.org slash events. It's called the Sovereignty of God this year. You can go there, 30% off, see us, hang out. It'll be the best. And Jesse gives out free hugs. See you there. Do it. Uh, I do like that you mentioned being proud of, of being a Canadian, like being able to be proud of that when you when, when you saw so many people standing. That's, that is a, a wonderful moment, uh, a glimpse of courage, the, the standing up against um, what is evil. Uh, so I, I do think that is that is awesome. But do you ever feel like, like is it just in you to be like, a fighter because i mean I, I feel like some people could look at you at this point and just think well i mean maybe he just maybe he's just always looking for a fight like do you do you feel like you want the fight or do you feel like the fight just keeps finding you because you just want to be true <laughs> well i i think it's hard to be a true and genuine christian i mean the bible tells us that we we're to be bold as lions the righteous are as bold as lions mm. Um, and that's a verse a lot of churches like to forget because being bold in today's day and age um, isn't what you would expect. It, it, it means that you are treated like a rebellious um, punk. And uh, that, that is the way that a lot of the world views me um, because to, to be the, the, the bad boy or the rebel 
2023 means you have to be a Christian and not ashamed of it. Mm. And that's, that's weird. Um, mm. So, uh, no, I wouldn't say I'm naturally a rebellious child. Um, I, I, uh, I mean, before, before all this, um, tyranny came our way, I mean, I was, I was an award-winning student at my school, even though I'd only attended it for less than two years. Um, I was, uh, I got promoted to multiple jobs. I, I was a, I was a fairly stand-up young man for my age, um, Everything was going pretty well, and I, then I'd uh, like to say that you are still a stand-up young man for your for your age. So <laughs> you still are that young man, uh, but but you're right. I think the uh, I, I to to correct myself, I would be I was would have been considered by society a stand-up uh, yes, young yes, man. Yes. The same the same teachers that would turn on me and be shouting at me and swearing at me uh, would have would have quite appreciated to have mm. me in their class or whatnot mm. um, uh, beforehand. Um, now that's not to say that I would ever compromise my beliefs, even even from a younger age. If some, I felt something was wrong, I would speak out against it. I mean, as a more lighthearted example, something as simple as Santa Claus. I would always ruin the fun for everybody. Yeah, I would be that. I would be at three years old. I was um, talking about the falsehoods of the Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's so. I, that's would, so my kids. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was I've ever been a rebellious um, jerk, even by the world standards. Um, I, I just we, we, we live in a, a culture of falsehood and lies. And uh, I believe honesty is important. And I believe being a a bold Christian is important. And uh, I guess that makes me a rebel. Yeah, mm. you know, that'll do it. Fun, wor- funny story, though. The world will hate you. That is what Christ promises. If you if you're going to be. If you're going to be faithful, the world's going to hate you. So I'm sorry, Jesse, you were saying? Yeah, funny story. So so Teddy, he's my six-year-old boy. He uh, <laughs> he had this, this friend from uh, our homeschool co-op last year, and we were out at uh, a water park, like resort type thing. They offer discounts for the homeschool kids, and another family was there. And um, Teddy lost his tooth, and... Um, Josiah, the other little boy that was there, was like, oh, yeah, you're going to get something from the Tooth Fairy. And he was in front of his other little sister. And Teddy's like, Teddy's like, you know about that, Josiah. And and then he just, like, runs away because Teddy told Josiah in the past that, that the Tooth Fairy wasn't real. So the mom overheard this and was like, oh, Josiah, no, you know that. And he looks at the mom. He looks at his mom and says, mom. I know the Tooth Fairy is not real. Teddy told me last year. I've just been pretending so that Emma would think that he's real still. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm like, that's so funny. What a what a funny little boy. That's <laughs> that's great. Yeah, we're all about that. Ruining. Mm. You don't need to ruin Santa Claus. I mean, Saint Nick was a real person, and he smacked a heretic. I mean, like, if you, you want know, to make mur- if you want to make much of Christ, you have to ruin Santa Claus. That's, that's just right. The way you, it is. you ruin Santa Claus. You exalt Saint Nick. I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's a very Catholic thing to do. I mean the Saint Nick part. The, the point the is part. the point. The point was that I was I was too red pilled for my age. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> it, I mean it. It had its consequences. There was some kids that left with uh, teary eyes, <laughs> learning that their their hero was not real. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's better the heroes like Baptist. Jesus. Yeah, definitely get used to disappointment on that one. Yeah, Jesus is a better hero. Well, no, not on Jesus. No, uh, I know. I, you, I, earthly heroes. <laughs> Remember Lecrae? Remember when he was good? Oh, I remember Lecrae when he... Oh, when he 
Oof. Anyway, sorry, this is getting off on a whole nother podcast topic. When uh, was Lecrae good? Oh, oh come on. You're too listen, young. Stop it. You didn't Stop. even li- you didn't even know who Lecrae was when he was good. All Riding right? with my top down, listening to my Jesus music. Ride with my Send trough, me, I'll bro. go. No, come on. You still don't know these songs? Yeah, he used to say things like, Lord, kill me if I don't preach the gospel. That's right, he did. And yeah. boy, oh, really? is it great that Jesus hasn't done that to him yet. All right. Um, what a gracious so, God. <laughs> so here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bringing this back somehow. Um, if you could give, if you could give our listeners, because, because this fight, this fight is here now, interestingly enough, I feel like, you know, you've, you've probably seen clips of like, um, the parents standing up at these board meetings and, and arguing about these gender ideologies. I I feel like, I mean, I'm positive that there are Christians there, um, as well there should be but i feel like it's it's very much a very cultural very conservative battle but not really a christian movement here but 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 the fight the fight is the fight is happening but but for christians who are perhaps for our listeners i don't know any of our listeners that would not be if that would be afraid to speak out but if there are what what truths keep you grounded in this fight like what what verses or or what truths or what what biblical principles keep you strengthened when when literally the world is coming against you to literally punch you in the face yeah i i it's hard to tell the like i can't even say there's a specific verse that i would go to um i would just say that we live in a world that's drowning in politics but those politics have now become more of a moral battleground Hmm. moral issues are now political issues um and i mean the entirety of that book uh is the basis of my moral code right um it it is my inspiration to do right in a time of wrong and uh so yeah I, i would just say that having a a relationship um with uh with the creator is so incredibly important um and recognizing how futile our earthly attempts are um we're 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 pilgrims here and uh we need to recognize that and live like that we've got we've got an eternity to look forward to um and uh i want to i want to stand as boldly um as possible here on earth so what you're saying is is that Christians need to pick up their Bibles, read them, and then do what it says? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, man. Whew. Yep, that'll get you canceled for sure. Talk <laughs> about being a rebel in 2023 is right. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. You're saying it's not, this. It's not called a two-edged sword for no reason. We've got a fight ahead of us, and uh, Christians aren't Christians aren't willing to stand right now. I mean, I got I got contacted by a bunch of pastors. There's a there's an upcoming march in Ottawa, um, and actually it's going to be taking place in D.C. in several cities, some actually in Europe, um, and it's the uh, Million Man March uh, for Children, and it's it's uh, focused on uh, ending the gender ideology in schools and the um, mutilation of children and stuff, or in the name of uh, transgender care and all that stuff, but or gender affirming care, and uh, we have a march. In opposition to this and there's a a very strong muslim presence expected at this march um and i i announced my support for the march and uh, a lot of pastors were 
were angry at me um, for for associating with Muslims in this march. And uh, I told them that it really says something about the state of the church when a march about defending kids from perverted ideologies is now considered a Muslim march, not because it was created by Muslims, not because it is based on Muslim theology, but because Christians don't show up and Muslims do. Mm. And uh, that, that, that really says something about the church right now. Christian, when Christians won't support me um, for quoting scripture um, in the face of tyranny, in the face of opposition, but Muslims will, that, that, I mean, that, to me, that, that really, that really um, sends a strong message um, to non-believers about how weak and pathetic and docile supposed Christians are. So it is really time for us to, to pick, pick up the, the word and, um, and use it and speak it and preach it and uh, stand on it. Yes, and amen. Yeah. I mean, one of the, probably one of the most heartbreaking things, having had conversations with, with uh, people like James Coates, people like men like Tim Stevens, who have been imprisoned for, for simply gathering to worship, is the, the, like the most disheartening things has been to hear of all of the churches and pastors not only not supporting them but actively working against them it's it it is infuriating and disgraceful um you know you have whole organizations like the gospel coalition in canada writing articles against these men naming them by name and and that truly is um egregious and unfortunately for them they will be held accountable for these things but I, I wholeheartedly agree that the, the church needs to open up. Uh, we need to open up our eyes to see um, what ways we can be effective in our culture for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I know there were pastors that criticized <clears throat> men like Aaron Rock for going and preaching and like Jacob for going and preaching at even just the, the trucker convoy. And it's like, well, how can you criticize a man for going somewhere and preaching the gospel? Isn't that kind of like our whole thing? <laughs> That's Matthew 28 for yeah. you right there, bud. Like, like I've, had, I've had Christians, um, uh, you know, rebuke me for giving the gospel in hostile crowds. Um, they said, if I have to use a megaphone to give the gospel, then I probably shouldn't be giving it in that location. <laughs> which this... i mean left me kind of speechless what like, paul wouldn't give for a megaphone sometimes you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like tell, <laughs> tell me where in the bible it talks about voice amplification being heresy <laughs> oh my like, word it's like it's... Then, then i also had i also had about uh i think it was like 30 churches um sign a letter uh denouncing my mission in my like from my my hometown 30 oh. churches you know that's a lot of churches that probably don't need to bear the name church i mean that's just the, mm. at the end of the day I, I mean if there's an encouragement in all this and i hope you feel this josh in that that reality what happened during covid what's happening with the, at the forefront and it was even even before that what they tried to do with with racial lines, what they tried to do with COVID, what they're trying to do with um, the, the the sexual revolution and the gender ideology. It has 
very clearly solidified those who are willing to stand on truth. And, and I, it is, it is in some ways just, um, energized those that love God and love his truth with their everything. And, and it has, I, I think in many ways, it's actually kind of like steel manned our, our position for us and, and brought many of us together. I mean, like you, you don't know us and we don't know you, but we are so completely and totally uh, linked together where, I mean, you could have, you know, six blue haired masculine women in the room and they could, they could, none of them could agree. Like they could all disagree with each other. They all look the same. They're all trying to be men, but they don't, they don't actually agree. Whereas, you know, even from such a great distance, you, you and I, we, we are like completely on the, on the same page. Like, like, you know, throw, throw me a Bible. Let's get to work. I'll, I'll, I'll grab a megaphone next to you. Like, and, and that's not, and that, that's actually a really encouraging thing. They, they have unwittingly, um, brought us together in ways that, that they, they would have, I mean, they would have been better off not <laughs> uniting us the way they have. Yeah. It really, it really brings things to life and it gives you a better perspective of what's actually going on. It allows you to relate more to some of the new Testament stories. Um, Obviously, none of us have faced anything similar to what we we saw in a lot of the uh, in a lot of the martyrs and stuff. But it it puts you in that mindset, right? Um, and it, it brings you a lot closer to God. And uh, I mean, it shows you how real good and evil is. Um, like when when you're in a crowd of crazed lefty evil lunatics. You can feel it. Like I, I've I've said this before, and when you when you're in a crowd like that, that that's is that hostile and really hates you, it's noticeable. They'll be yelling at you and they'll be hissing in your face. But the second you mention the cross, the second you mention the gospel, it gets violent. Hmm. It it actually get like you you actually get cold. That's how evil some of these places are and that's not that's something that i wouldn't have usually bought into right um before mm -hmm. until you're actually in a position like that and you see these people that clearly are like they they embody evil right um and it uh to it, you get you get a a special um amount of courage from that there's there's something special about being there and being able to proudly give the gospel mm -hmm. without any shame. Um, and then when you're, especially when you're with young people who haven't had that before, or haven't had that experience to see their emotional response to that and to be able to pray with them and um, see, see some of the Christian kids that otherwise would have stayed quiet in that crowd actually ask for the megaphone and take a Bible and start preaching on their own mm. outside of their own school. Um, that, that certainly, that does unite, that does encourage that. It just, it just fires you up. Yes. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, you can just to piggyback on that as a complete anecdote. So don't lose whatever you were about to say, but I think that certainly since these lockdowns and certainly since, uh, I, I think specifically the lockdowns, but pushing, taking the momentum from the lockdowns and pushing them towards this gender ideology stuff, um, just this godless, evil, demonic ideologies. Um, 
you know, I, I know far fewer people who would publicly claim the name of Christ, but I know far more people who'd be willing to go to jail to stand up for what is true, if, if that's what it came to. And, and, I, and I think that that is like, like for me, that's such a powerful thing. Like I never, before the, before the lockdowns and before interacting with our Canadian friends and, and the pastors up there, I never thought about what it would be like to go to jail. I, I, I knew for a fact that I'm a law abiding citizen and that, and that my country made sense and that I would never be put in jail for something that is so arbitrary. But, but having lived through seeing this happen to our friends and it's like, oh no, I, I actually, I should probably start thinking about this <laughs> and making sure that my theology is strong enough to send me to jail if that's what, if that's what it came down to. And I know far, I know far more Christians now who would be willing to go to jail than I ever have before um, because of these adversities. And I, and I certainly, I agree with what you said earlier, Justin, it, it certainly has made us stronger. Um, but I guess, I guess persecution of any sort always does that. Um, I would imagine so. that's the unintended consequence of persecution is it uh, it refines the faith of of those who are in Christ into diamonds and uh, diamonds are you know they're not too easily smashed. Pretty? Yes, they're also beautiful, but they're they're also incredibly strong. But I see what you were saying there. Yes. Um, yeah, I would. I, I, I certainly I have to agree. There was other things like during the convoy, for instance, there wasn't there definitely was an element of religion to that considering they were closing the churches and whatnot but even some of the mask mandate stuff there was things there i was i was ready reluctant but ready to go down for what i believed in there but it there's no comparison to being willing to go down over a mask mandate or some infraction to the charter of rights and freedoms or the constitution or whatnot it doesn't compare to the strength and the 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 will to go down for preaching the gospel there's there's no comparison between the two um i've I've experienced them both and uh man i'd 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 like to go down as a martyr for christ more than i would for any other um governmental issue you may experience yeah um, a martyr uh, a martyr for mandates doesn't sound nearly as good as a martyr for the gospel i i fully am on board with that (laughs) that makes total sense to me um i I found the the temperature idea that that it was it literally felt cold the amount of hate spewing from um, those that are are counter protesting the gospel presentation, but it makes it really does make total sense because these are people that have given themselves completely to evil. That's what the sexual uh, the sexual revolution, the gender ideology movement is. It's um, it's man saying uh, I can have whatever I want. Uh, no one truly, no one truly looks at a woman that is ca- playing the character of a man and thinks, "Oh yes, that's a man." No one truly looks at a man that's playing the character of a woman and says, "Ah yes, obviously a woman." It is simply man wanting their desires to be their god, and and it's so, it's so foolish. It's so obviously foolish. But if they can't crack for one second, because if they crack then everything falls apart, which is why they have to hate you. It's why they have to attack you because because if they don't, if they stutter for a second, the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. So that's that's why. That's why they hate you. <laughs> and it I mean their 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 reaction to what they consider social justice and whatnot 
is evil. Mm. I mean, there is my 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 pastor's wife um, put posted something um, with the the uh, first names of a few of the organizers and some of the more prominent people in the counter protests to me um, and my cause. Um, and like, they, these are people that really hate me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she posted a, a, uh, a thing with their first names and said that she was praying for them. Um, and, uh, praying that they might, uh, they might, uh, receive the gospel and, mm-hmm. and take heed to it. And, uh, in response, they publicly posted a rag doll with her name on it, poking needles in it. Oh, geez. These are wonderful people. Yeah. No, yeah, no, they're, they're wonderful. Um, so it shows that they don't, they wouldn't even deny that they're publicly, uh, proclaiming that they're, they're involved in evil spiritual warfare. Man, I, I really wish that I felt like there was, it was going to take a dramatic turn, but I feel like it actually, I feel like we're much more in the realm and I don't know if, I don't know how you feel about this. I'd love to get your take on it, honestly, but I feel like there's, there's more so the reality of their lies having to, um, kind of implode on themselves so that the that that genesis of new life can can grow up from the 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 what will then be fertile soil <laughs> that that is left over from from the implosion of these lies. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm ready for either way, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's it's hard to tell where it's going to go. I've seen a lot of hope um, while interacting with the the young people. Um, mm. uh, and, uh, I, I do have faith that there will be at least a fight to be had. Mm. Um, uh, and, uh, I, I'm happy to be in it, but, uh, metaphorical fight in Minecraft, just in Minecraft, yes, in yeah. Minecraft. Right. no, like I, I, you see, like there is going to be resistance to the inevitable evil that is coming and is already here. Um, like you look throughout history, the fall of every great nation or every great empire came right around the same time that they really indulged in complete sexual perversion every time um and that's where we're going to right now and uh i mean it's becoming the norm to sexualize kids we're trying to we're trying to make it okay um to uh, refer to pedophiles as minor attracted persons and soften the language and we're, we're rapidly headed there um and uh, I mean, right now I'm being punished by my school for saying that it is perverted for them to allow um, males to watch female students undress, female minors to undress. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like we're we're already there, and they aren't even ashamed of that. They right. the, the, the virtue signaling and the woke mob they all they actually truly believe in this stuff. Um, and uh, th- that's something that uh, we as Christians are going to have to decide whether we're going to we're going to stand or kneel. And uh, when, when, when I say there's going to be a fight, I mean, I'm not going to allow um, perversion to take over my life. I'm going to stand. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to um, live by the by the word of God. Yes. And amen. That is 100. You know what? When you when you remind me, I always forget, like I, I look at the world right now and I always forget. No, you you're 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 the 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 key because you're a young man. You're you are the next generation. 
and and you know jesse's got five kids i've got three they're they're the the generation coming up you know essentially after you know well more or less with but some after you and and the people that are having children right now are are those that are seeking to build legacy and and ground family um in objective morals and values given by god and i think to to a large part i'm not saying holistically that's every family but i mean for the most part that's that's who wants a family thankfully because culture has you know told people that don't want families you know oh families are evil <laughs> so so we're the only ones yeah. having families and uh and that's probably a really good that's just a really good point because as often as we say it i'll i'll forget it in the next breath but yeah you you got to keep fighting man because because you're you're the next generation and um we're working and hard <laughs> we're working hard to raise up the ones the that are coming thing. after you a lot of a lot of people my age are afraid to have families um, because mm. they, they, like anybody my age that is awake to what's going on and sees how evil it is, they are afraid to have children because they don't want their kids to have to grow up in this. They're afraid that their kids might turn out um, just as bad as this entire generation is. Um, but uh, the fact of the matter is, is, uh, is uh, they, they don't believe in building families. They don't believe in the strength of the family. They don't believe in the strength of God's natural order, which is why we have to be fruitful and multiply and create more Christian warriors. Yeah. Yes. And amen. amen. <laughs> Fill the earth and subdue it. That was the one of the, the first commands there. So uh, let's go ahead and seize hold of that one from the book of Genesis from God's own mouth and uh, and follow his orders. <laughs> I, I hear here. <laughs> one of those throwback commands. Roger yeah, that. Yeah, man. Um Honestly, I feel like we could talk to you for several more hours, but I think at some point yeah, well, why haven't we talked to Josh before? This has been great. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've got we've got a lot more to talk about. Um, just for our listeners, as as I seek to conclude the podcast, um, you talked about having some upcoming uh, upcoming events. You specifically were speaking um, about a a international event. Uh, so why don't you just kind of give us uh, some opportunities for people to connect with that, connect with you. Uh, ways they can connect with with uh, Josh Alexander, the Josh Alexander. Uh, so 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 speak to that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So um, the two the two big events we have on the agenda right now um, are going to be that that million person march that we were talking about. Um, whether whether it's going to be a million people in the streets or uh, a million people across the country, who knows. Um, uh, looking at the state of the the church right now, um, and uh, the weakness that's that's flooded it, I, I have very little hope for a, a large turnout of Christians. But um, we're certainly encouraging everybody to show up, and uh, we're doing lots of advertising for that. So there will be a big march. But the the one that I'm more so uh, focused on is uh, the the uh, education over indoctrination rally, which will be taking place in Toronto on September 22nd um, with me and billboard, Chris, Chris Elston. And uh, we're going to be at the Annunciation Catholic high school, as well as the Victoria park collegiate Institute. Um, and we'll be, we'll be with students there. Uh, we'll be out there with free Bibles like usual. This well, this one's been fairly heavily uh, advertised. Um, there'll probably be a lot of media for that. Um, and it, it uh, it's something that'll that'll be seen by the world, um, and uh, yeah. So just uh, if if you're in the area in Canada and happen to be listening, um, 
check out those events. Um, and then uh, if, if you want more information, you can go to my website, um, which is savecanada.shop, or you can go to my uh, my Twitter or X profile, which is uh, more so what I use, um, and that's official Josh underscore A. Official Josh underscore A. That'll be in the show notes, uh, as well as the Save Canada website. You can click on both of those in the show notes to get more information there. Um, man, we will be in Georgia at the G3 conference uh, on September 22nd. So we'll see if we can't find some people. Maybe we can snag some videos and throw them up on Instagram, just uh, you know, encouraging uh, Josh and, and everybody that's rallying that day. Maybe we can maybe we can work on that. Maybe we'll have a, a booth right behind Vody Bachman. Maybe, maybe Vody will. Maybe. Last year we we got to hang out with Vody at the G. Well, not last year. Two years ago when we had the national conference, we uh we got to hang out with Vody. That was pretty. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, definitely check out the website, even if you're unable to attend this event, because uh, there's lots of awesome stuff there. Plus, um, you could you know add to your red and white hat collection. Um, maybe you have a red and white hat that has a message on it and you want another red and white hat that has a different message on it. You can find those, uh, on the save Canada.shop. I want this website. hat. It's $35 Canadian, which means it's probably like $5, $5. Like $5 in, in, in the U S I mean, it's just something like that. If you're, if you're shopping from the U S you've got to, there's a link on the very top of the website that takes it to the U S. Oh, I see. Oh, there's a beanie in the U.S. Oh, you mean a toque? Oh, a a toque. Don't don't get it wrong. A toque. I say it wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's a toque. Get it right. Sorry. I apologize. You got to make sure you say the words right for the Canadians. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this has been an absolutely awesome time, Josh. So we really appreciate you giving your time. And honestly, we would probably love to have you back again, maybe on a more topical basis. We probably could find some topics to make cut up. gas cheap again. <laughs> <laughs> We've got all sorts of stupid stuff on that website. It actually it used to have so much more during the Freedom Convoy. It oh, had man. everything you can imagine. That's we amazing. had to limit our supply. But uh, <laughs> the, US, the U.S. store actually has more stuff. I think the Canadian store only has hats, uh, flags, and I think. Or hats, bumper stickers, and American flags for some reason. Hey, I mean, why not? I mean, we do provide <laughs> security for the entire world. So. Yes, we, we are definitely, I mean, if, <laughs> if not for Alaska, Canada would be Russia. Let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> so. I mean, even Afghanistan likes us now, so. <laughs> who knows? Who knows what's happening? After um, get, oh. but not, I, not the Afghani people, but the Taliban love us. But uh, I know you're you're kind of you're rubbing elbows with a lot of really cool people, so I'm really thankful for the opportunities that you've uh, you've been given. And I I would love to you know you'd be thinking about some topics you want to talk about, and we'll uh, we'll we'll see if we can't do another episode. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. I'd love to come back on. That's awesome. It has been a great time uh, cutting it up with you, Josh. Uh, dear Christian, we hope that uh, this has been encouraging for you. And if 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 you weren't encouraged before this, I hope the faith of Josh uh, has really spurred you on. So that, you know, maybe this very day you could seize the faith.